Father, we, uh, we thank you so much for this day. Lord, uh, this day is like no other day. And Father, at some point, the power of the resurrection has to come out of us. What's in us has to come out of us. Lord, there's, there's times where we can't just sit still. There's times where we can't just stand with our arms crossed, singing a song that is pertaining to the fact that, Lord, you conquered death. We can't just be silent anymore. Simply standing in the same place just doesn't suffice. So, Lord, as we sing this again, God, I pray that it comes from the depth of our heart where we understand the seriousness of this day. The magnitude of what you did when you conquered death. You walked out of the tomb, Father. And that is what is supposed to come out of us every second, every breath, every thought, every word. So, Lord, as we worship this morning, I pray that we hold nothing back. And in that holding nothing back, Lord, we can say something to you. We can say that we believe that what you did was enough. You said you were going to do it, and you did it, and it was enough, Father. So, Lord, as we sing this again, God, I, I just pray that it comes from a place in our heart that we, we just understand, Father. And if we don't understand, it doesn't matter. We just, we're going to believe. Come on, let's, let's, let's wind that back up again.
guys have been with us for any amount of time, you know, we should have a moment. Obviously, we're going to practice a little bit of prayer. Yeah, John 20, verse 15. Ladies and gentlemen, I think that would be all of you. Make sure. Ooh, hey, what's up? Okay, then. We have volume. I'm just going to put this right here. If there's anything that you guys walk out of here with today, I obviously want it to be uh, with an understanding of the resurrection from the correct, the correct viewpoint. Not that we don't have the correct viewpoint. But I'll tell you what, there's so many things about this day that are so monumental that why is it that it's just this day? Easter Sunday that we get to have this picture of this resurrection and it's just so heartfelt and we, we recognize what Jesus did but then Monday, huh, life happens again. A week from now, life happens again and we forget that Scripture tells us that the power of the resurrection is something that you carry with you 24-7. 365 days a year. Amen? Do we live like that? There's days and weeks that I don't. There's days, thoughts, things that happen to me in a situation that is, seems like it's a stumbling block. And I don't access the power of the now, I want us to all be real in here about that. <laughs> I want us to be a people that when we walk from this place, you hear that this resurrection is something that resides right behind your sternum. It sits and it lives right here. This power is for you to access every single day. Amen? We've had a wonderful time this week with noonday services. Um,
Timberline was gracious enough to give us one of their rooms, and so we had that over there. And Beck did a great job throughout the week bringing um, certain viewpoints, what the, what the cross looked like from heaven, what the cross looked like from earth, from man. Um, and then on Friday, I was able to uh, bring a word about the crucified believer. But Friday, we had a good Friday service. For whatever reason, I couldn't get my mind off of the moment that Jesus said, uh, it is finished. You have Friday, you have Saturday, and then you have this moment, this scene, that three people witness. And this is in John 20. You got Mary Magdalene, you got Peter, and you got John. They run up on the scene of the resurrection. The tomb that is rolled away. That's, <laughs> to be honest with you, uh, that is the it, ladies and gentlemen. The, the first people who witnessed Jesus doing exactly what he said he was going to do. See, he didn't just claim or beat around the bush when he said, I'm going to knock down the temple and raise it in three days. Those are words that came from his mouth that he meant. And he spoke that over and over and over in many different ways. And these three individuals run up onto this, this scene and, and there's three different responses. So we have this, this title today. That the resurrection of Jesus Christ is something that as we look at it, we say that's what Jesus did. Jesus brought to this resurrection conquering death. Amen. Hallelujah. Um, yeah. There's not really much else that needs to be said about that. But the question I have up here is when it comes to the resurrection of Jesus Christ in your life, the, the moment that you said, look, I can't do this anymore on my own, you receive Christ into your life as your Lord and personal Savior, what do you bring to the resurrection? And you may be thinking to your mind, like, oh, I, I can't bring anything. Well, you're right. You're very true in, in thinking that, that there's nothing that we can bring. As we, I mean, as we've been going through the book of Romans, talking about works, that works cannot justify anything, that it is the blood of Jesus Christ, this moment that justifies our faith, that justifies you as a, a sinner brought from that nature to holy and complete and blameless because of Jesus Christ. But when you bring, my, my, my question, going back to my question, what do you bring to that scene in your life? Mary Magdalene brought something. Peter brought something. And John brought something. All to the same scene. I'm going to read that. You guys with me this morning so far? All right. So let's, uh, let's just jump into the scripture. Let's read it. It's going to be... Here we go, 18 verses here. I would rather be reading than talking. But here's what it says in John 20. Verse 1, it says, Now on the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene came early to the tomb while it was still dark and saw the stone already taken away from the tomb. So she ran and came to Simon Peter and to the other disciples whom Jesus loved and said to them, they, whoever they is, have taken away the Lord out of the tomb, and we do not know where they have laid him. So Peter and the other disciples went forth, and they were going to the tomb. The two, which was Peter and John, were running together, and the other disciples ran ahead faster than Peter and came to the tomb first, and stooped and looked in. 
and saw the linen wrappings lying there, but he did not go in. And so Simon Peter also came following him and entered the tomb, and he saw the linen wrappings, uh, wrappings laying there and the face cloth, which had been on his head, not lying with the linen wrappings, but rolled up in a place by itself. So the other disciples, who had first come to the tomb, then also entered, and he saw and believed. As yet they did not understand the scripture, that he must raise, or excuse me, rise again from the dead. So the disciples went away again to their own homes. Now here we get a little bit of an understanding of the interchange, exchange with, with Mary, Magdalene, and Jesus. Verse 11 says this, But Mary was standing outside the tomb weeping. And so as she wept, she stooped and looked in to the tomb. And she saw two angels in white, uh, in white sitting, one at the head and one at the feet, where the body of Jesus had been laying. And they said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? She said to them, Because they have taken away my Lord, and I do not know where they have laid him. When she had said this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing there and did not know that it was Jesus. Jesus said to her, Woman, woman, why are you weeping? Whom are you seeking? Supposing him to be the gardener, she said to him, Sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you have laid him, and I will take him away. Jesus said to her, Mary. She turned and said to him in Hebrew, Rabbaoni, which means teacher. Jesus said to her, Stop clinging to me, for I have not yet ascended to the Father, but go to my brethren and say to them, I ascend to my Father and your Father and my God and your God. Mary Magdalene came, announcing to the disciples, I have seen the Lord, and that he had said these things to her. It's quite the picture. You have these three individuals who've encountered the resurrection. Yet there's three different responses. Now when I ask the question, what do you bring to that moment in your life? Let's just first take a look at Mary. Everybody know a little bit about Mary? That she was not necessarily above board in the way that she was living. And Jesus casted out seven demons from this woman's body. Now, what Mary did after that was she fully and completely devoted herself to Jesus in everything that she did. This woman was all in all the time. Emotionally, all there. Spiritually, all there. Mentally, all there. Physically, all there. So you have to understand that I don't know if you guys in, well, Anybody in here has probably lost someone at some point in your life who's been significant to you. Someone who poured into you. Someone who didn't really look at your past but looked at who you were in the moment and said, you know what, you're valuable enough for me to spend time with right now. That was that person to Jesus. So when that person passes away and is gone, Mary Magdalene is full of emotion. She's full of sorrow. It says that she's weeping because she thinks somebody came and stole Jesus' body. But she is not, how do I say this? 
She wasn't somehow not in the room when the Lord said, I'm going to conquer death. I'm going to come back in three days. I'm going to raise myself from the dead. She was privy to that information because she spent time with the Lord. So, two week, uh, last week, excuse me, we talked about this law of faith. Right? Talked about what faith is. Saying everybody in here has faith. But the question is, what do you have faith in? You've heard me say that plenty of times before. Mary Magdalene brought something to this scene that had to do with not necessarily standing on the word of God, standing on what had come out of his mouth, believing in who he said he was and that he was going to do something. And then she runs up on a scene that he actually was a man of his word. <laughs> and he conquered death. See, sometimes you and I can be crying out for the Lord in some situation in your life where you are in dire need of, of Jesus to show up. And what's interesting about this story with Mary Magdalene is that Jesus was actually standing right beside her. You guys catch that? What she brought to the resurrection was more from a place of sorrow and a place of pain. Now don't hear me say don't tell the Lord that you're in pain and don't tell the Lord that you're sorrowful. I'm just, that's not, that's not what I'm saying. That's not what I'm saying at all. But when it comes to this day and what happened on this day, do you bring more of yourself? Or do you bring faith in what the Lord said he was going to do and the fact that he did it? Are you with me this morning? Mary Magdalene, she brought a little bit more of herself. Even though it was somewhat justifiable. I'd have been weeping too. I'd have been crying too. But it caused her not to see the reality of what just happened. And it wasn't until Jesus spoke to her by name that she realized all of what was transpiring in the moment. So again, I ask you this question. On this day, what do you bring to the resurrection? Is it that you can't wait for church to be done so you can go home and eat? I'll be honest with you, I'm, I'm, I got some ribs in the oven right now. So cooking. I'm just excited for that, all right? But I got to get through these two messages and yeah, yada, yada. We, these wreaths that we have on the, the wall, hey, nice flowers, Resurrection Sunday, nice people, all in their pastel colors. <laughs> nice worship, awesome, it was great. Or do you come and bring to the resurrection an understanding that Jesus paid for something for you so that you can wake up this morning. So that every breath that comes in and out of your lungs is because of him. Are you guys with me today? Now you can also in this story look at Peter. What happened to Peter before Jesus was taken in the Garden of Gethsemane? Well, I asked that question backwards. What happened afterwards? <laughs> Peter denied Jesus three times. Right? Can you imagine what kind of pain and anguish you would have or uh, being ashamed of that? As you run up on the tomb and Jesus is gone and you may think that somebody took his body and you didn't have a chance to say to him that you loved him before he died. But what you did do is you denied him three times. That's heavy. Now it says that he came up to the tomb but he didn't go in. 
stooped in there, looked in there. What he brought to the tomb was more from a place of Peter than it was from what Jesus said he was going to do and what he accomplished and the scene that they were in. They were witnessing the power of the resurrection right in front of their eyes. But there was more of themselves in the moment than the actual resurrection. Are you with me this morning? Now, this third individual, John, flies into the tomb. And it also says, let me, let me, let me get the scripture for this right quick. Um, and he saw and believed. The other disciple who had first come to the tomb then also entered and he saw and he believed. This morning, I keep, I keep saying this word that I, I don't really want to, uh, to use it. I'm asking for the Lord to help us understand. Uh, and I'm going to change my narrative on that one. I don't want him to help us understand this. Because to be honest with you, we'll never be able to understand it. To be honest with you, you can never wrap your head around the fact that this man conquered death on your behalf. See, take your name, and you can say this to yourself under your breath or whatever, and say, he had Alex Square on his mind when he walked out of the tomb. He had Vicky, my mom. He had the nickels on his mind when he walked out of the tomb. I don't want to use the narrative to help us understand what this means. I would rather, I guess, use the narrative, Lord, let us believe. Give me courage enough to believe in the moment where I don't think you're going to show up, that you're going to show up. In the moment where I got so much going on in my life, anxiety-wise, that shit's way up here. And you said, look, I took care of that. We bring that way back down here because of all things, guess what? I conquered death. Of all things, I said no to death and yes to life. So why don't you say the same thing? You guys with me this morning? Say yes to life. Say yes to the resurrection. Say yes to that power. John believed. He didn't try to understand. He just said, look, Jesus said this is what he's going to do. And he did it. Hallelujah. Praise Jesus. These three individuals witnessed this scene. And there's this power in this scene. That maybe not even all of them access. Now what's the message for us this morning? About the resurrection. Is that there's, we say that the death on the cross was significant, but there's more to the story. The resurrection is significant. I'm going to say this, there's more to the story. There's continuation. This was a moment in time that it took care of literally everything. But when I say continuation... Ladies and gentlemen, do you live, do you walk in the power of that resurrection every single day? Do you want to? Do you know that today you can draw a line in the sand, guess, draw a line in the sand and say, I'm not going to go back to that doubt. I'm not going to go back to that lifestyle that is void of the power of the resurrection. Today can be that day for you if you just choose to walk out of here with the right mindset approaching the resurrection for exactly what it is and not bringing any of yourself. What does Luke 9.23 say? 
says, if anyone wishes to follow me, he must deny himself. Pick up his cross and follow me daily. What does it mean to deny yourself? It means to leave everything that is Alex at the front door. To not even consult my past and my pain for success in the now and in the future. You guys with me on that? To experience the resurrection void of yourself. Void of your pain. Void of what you've been through. Void of the, the, the comfortability that you try to surround yourself by so that we don't really have to understand that this isn't about a what. This is about a who. What is Easter about? I don't like that question. Who is Easter about? I like that question. It's about a man who said he was going to conquer something that no one else could. As it was said in announcements, bringing light into the darkness. Bringing life into a place where there was no life. What does that mean for us? What do we, how do we, what do we bring? If you can, with me, turn to uh, Galatians 2. 20. And this was part of the, the message on Friday, uh, a noonday message. And this pertains to a crucified believer. What does it mean to be a, a crucified believer? This is Galatians 2, which is right after 2 Corinthians Right before Ephesians. If you blink, you miss it. But it says this, Galatians 2.20, I have been crucified with Christ, and it is no longer I who live. So Jesus hung on the cross. He died. He was crucified. What is this is saying is that it's a two-way street. We can look at Jesus and say, look, this is what he did. He did this for me. Amen. Hallelujah. But it makes it more personal. And it takes it deeper and it hits and it cuts and it just... It hits you in the soul when you understand that you were crucified with him. That's what the scripture is saying. For I have been crucified with Christ and it is no longer I who live. And I love the continuation. I love the next part of the story. But Christ lives in me. Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself up for me. You know what I so love about the Word of God? <laughs> it says right here, I've been crucified with Christ. You died with him. Do you know also that you were resurrected and risen with him? That's the continuation. That's the next part of the story. And to be honest with you, I'm just wondering why we ain't like turning backflips and praising Jesus because of that one. Because there have been some times in our lives, ladies and gentlemen, you are dead. We are dead. Sin will cause you to die. That is real. Let's not mistake or, or somehow misunderstand the seriousness of sin. That it separates you from the one who knows every hair on your head. Who spoke things into being. He 
didn't have a hammer. He didn't have any brick and mortar. He said, let it be, and it was. Sin separates you from that individual. But what he did on the cross brings that gap to nothing. And he says, I want to make it look like you didn't do anything. Whew. What a privilege, right? The fact that he wants to close the gap and say, you died with me, but guess what? You were also risen with me. Do you know what type of power that is? It's in Romans 8. It's Romans 8, uh, verses 10 and 11. Do we have that on the, the slides? Yes, we do. If you walk away with anything this morning, I want you to walk away with this. Let me read this. We got done reading in Galatians 2.20 about Christ being in us, Christ living in us. Verse 10 says this, If Christ is in you, though the body is dead because of sin, yet the spirit is alive because of righteousness. But if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ Jesus from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you. Verse 11. But if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you. Do you understand the power of the resurrection? That, that same power that was in that tomb. However many thousands of years ago. Whatever day it was. Is literally in this room right now residing in each one of you guys' bodies. Where? Who knows? Doesn't matter. It's in there. My question is, when you come to the tomb, when you come to the resurrection, do you access that power? What do you bring? Or do you bring more of you? Do you bring more of you to where Jesus has to call you by name for you to understand that he's not the gardener? <laughs> that he's Jesus who just conquered Death. I'm going to be a broken record this morning. And it's going to be good. If you leave out of here with anything, while you're eating your Easter brunch, whatever it is, dinner, you're cutting up whatever it is, and you're thinking about what Jesus did from, from Friday to, to Sunday and the day that he, he walked out of the tomb, walk out of here with the understanding, ladies and gentlemen, that that same power is in residing in you right now. Do you want it? Do you want to access it? Do you want to step into it? Or is self in front of it? Is self at the forefront? Are you with me this morning? Amen. Man, I love that. When you have a chance, or I guess I really shouldn't say a chance, you take the time, let me say that, to quiet yourself, to put everything that you're carrying down so that you can simply hear and listen to what he's saying. In the Garden of Eden, when sin, the very first sin that was ever uh, acted upon, the apple, at that moment, Jesus or excuse me, God, 
didn't somehow wipe mankind off the earth and say, I'm done, let's start over. If you read in Genesis, it says that God would come down and walk with Adam in the cool of the day. After this apple incident, they ran, ran and hid because they realized they didn't have any clothes on. God couldn't find them, so he came down and he sought after them, even in the midst of a sin like that. It's about this personal relationship that he has with you that he wants to uh, let be at the forefront rather than the things that you've done. Do you understand? There's a lot of things that happen in gardens, I guess, <laughs> in the word. When they came and got Jesus out of the Garden of Gethsemane, what did he say to Judas as Judas approached him? He said, whom are you looking for? Jesus, or, uh, Judas kissed him, and at that point, that's when they knew that this is Jesus, Nazareth, we're going to take him, and the crucifixion begins. Again, it wasn't a what, it was a whom. And here we have again in the garden as Mary happens upon this scene, and Jesus is speaking to her, he asks her a question, whom are you looking for? It's not a what. It's not your sin. Sin is real. There's consequences to that. Believe that. But the God that you serve is more concerned about the whom within the relationship than the what. Any amount of what you can come up with. What can you do? What do you want? Do you want a bigger house? Do you want a bigger car? Do you want a, a better vacation? Do you want a blah -de blah blah this, that, and the other thing? A God who conquered death and said, let me take care of it, and I don't want you to be a part of any of it. Leave the tools at your house. All I want you to do is come and sit next to me because you're the one who's wronged me through sin, but I want to make it right. And again, I don't want you to have any hand in it. That God is the one who's thinking about you right now. That God is the one who has placed in you the power of the resurrection today. And as you walk from this place today, walk in the power that took Jesus out of the tomb. Funerals are hard. I've done one of them. Um, and my very first funeral was for my cousin. But as we were at the viewing, you look at this body and there's no life in it. None. Now, that realization, that truth, that absolute Death is an absolute. We all have to deal with death. For Jesus to have zero life in his body, and then in a blink of an eye, this man, I assume, sits up, <laughs> takes off the cloth, probably throws it somewhere. What did we read in, in John 1.18? That this face cloth, this napkin, it wasn't thrown away wasn't just hanging out somewhere else. What this was, if you know anything about the Jewish tradition, 
is that if you leave the table, you take your napkin, you don't scrunch it up and put it on the plate, that signifies that you're done. You're not coming back. What you do is you fold it, and it tells whoever's the host, server, whatever it is, that you're not finished, you're going to return at some point. Maybe you had to jump off to the bathroom, whatever, make more room, okay? <laughs> do whatever you got to do. <laughs> got to make sure you guys are listening this morning. <laughs> it just means that you're coming back. And whether you've heard this before or not, it's so significant that that face cloth was folded and it was placed in a, in a place separate than the rest of the linen, saying, I am returning. I am not done. He is not done with you. He will finish the work that he started in you. He will finish the work that he started, period. Amen? So when you're in a place where you say, Lord, I don't know, he's going to come and finish it. When you're in a place where your emotions get a little bit too whatever and you just can't think straight, calm down for just a second and realize that he said, I'm coming back. But while I'm away, I have given you something that you need to access. And it is the power of the resurrection. Amen? Amen. Walk away with that. This morning, I'm going to ask the worship team to come back out here and let's get prepared for our offering this morning. Does anybody in here want that today? And I don't know what type of response there is that the Lord wants from us this morning. But I hope that as the word goes out, it doesn't return void. As we look at what Scripture speaks to us, we don't let our emotions interpret it for us. We let Scripture speak back to us about what Scripture is saying. In Scripture, the Lord makes it very, very simple. Actually, let's, let's come up here with that and let's, let's pray for this real quick. Father, we thank you for uh, just this morning, Lord, uh, and what you're doing in our hearts, what you're doing uh, through the Word. And Lord, we pray as, as the offering gets passed that, Lord, you would just show us how to give with a joyful heart. And Lord, there's, there's something that you gave us that we'll never be able to repay, ever. But Lord, we want to do what you've asked us to do according to the Word and just give from a place in our heart that is as joyful. Father, whatever gets, get, uh, whatever gets put in the plate, I pray that you will bless it so that we can bless you. Keep the lights on. So we love you. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. You can pass that. So getting back to the authority of Scripture, Scripture is very simple. Simple in the fact that in Romans it tells us all you have to do is confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that He is Lord and it's done. You've heard me say even today that sin separates us from Jesus. Sin is... 
something that needed to be paid for, and it was paid for. It was paid for some couple days ago with the blood that was spilled on the cross. And if you ever get a chance to watch The Passion, love that movie. It's not one that you sit down and you're like, hey, let's watch this every Friday night, all right? It's rough. They ask Mel Gibson, why did you go so, you know, overboard on the, the crucifixion scene? And he said, you know what? We actually dialed it back. Can you imagine that? Jesus' flesh hanging off of his body. All because he wanted to make sure that you had access to him. That is something that shouldn't make us misty-eyed one day a year. But every single day. And it's because of that that we have the opportunity to say yes to Him. To close the gap. To take everything that we know up here and turn it into heart knowledge. And heart knowledge then translates to our feet and we go and we do the very thing that's in us. We're not just hearers of the Word. We're doers of the Word. So let's pray. Heavenly Father, if there's anybody in here who's been affected by just your story, how you are so in love with each one of us, that you said, I know that you're going to mess up. I know you have messed up. But I want to do something that will wipe all of that away. That story, Father, is the story. There's none greater than that. There's none greater than the gospel. There's no, nothing greater than the propitiation, Lord, that, uh, that happened for, on our behalf. God, if there's anybody in here this morning who has not given their life to you for the first time but wants to say, I don't understand why you did it, but if I have access to it, then I want it. If anybody in here wants to give their life to you for the first time, God, I just pray that they would raise their hand. Their hand would go up. Father, we would be able to pray for them and welcome them, welcome them into the kingdom. If that's you, if that's the Lord moving on your heart this morning, don't miss this opportunity. Don't miss the opportunity to step into the power of the resurrection. Thank you, Jesus. We love you, Lord. Let's stand to our feet as we close with this song. I'll give you guys a benediction here in a second. This sermon and in prayer um, throughout the day, just something struck me from the Lord, and I, I think it's for me, but, but for me for us, if that makes any sense at all. The Bible says that the Lord redeemed something on the cross. There was an exchange, a purchase that took place. And not only for us that we believe that we are a part of the redemptive work that Christ did on the cross for us personally, but that we get to partake in His work of redeeming others all around us. That as we're redeemed, God brings out of us the, the man or the woman He's asked you to be the whole time. That's part of what He's been paying for. Not just to populate heaven, but that the, the, the Christ bearers, the image bearers would be ambassadors in the land. The same power that Christ 
that, that, that rose Christ Jesus from the dead dwells in our mortal body is to be spent here as you are you get to partake in Jesus's plan to redeem out of people what he's been asking for the whole time and just to give you just a quick example and, I, and maybe just to bring this up in prayer that um, I've been thinking about my in-laws and guess what I haven't even been nervous that's great my in-laws are believers. They believe in the same cross that I believe in. And there's been a redemptive work in their life. And because of that cross, and because of their faithfulness, and because of who they are in Christ, they entered into my life, and they, they have displayed to me a picture that I have never seen before in my past. They're showing me how to be a dad. How to be a friend and a lover in it. It's a picture of what Christ redeemed out of them. Now he's calling out of me. And they weren't even like trying to do that. They were just being faithful in the room. When Alex says that what we bring to the resurrection, my prayer for us is that this is there's something in you that Christ is, is using and is redeeming and that he's, he's gifted you with and he wants you to go do that in front of the world that it may redeem others as well. Some of you here, you just you feel like it's it's all historical. It's the cross. It's it's. I'm so happy to go to heaven someday. He wants to fill in the gap between your your eternity in heaven and where you stand right now. That there is work to do because of all that He's done for us, and that you matter in front of other people. You can help. You are image bearers of Christ. And I just want to encourage you with that this morning, that you are a picture of the risen Lord, whether you think so or not. It's that confidence we bring in, in, in Christ's work in our life that allows us to work in the lives of other people. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Oh, yeah. Father, we thank you for that. And Lord, what we need now is courage enough to step into that. Lord, I come against any lofty thought that raises itself up against the knowledge of God in this moment right now and just say no to that. We say yes to Jesus. We say yes to you. That what was just spoken, Lord, is it's the, it's the application to go and be all that you've asked us to be, Lord, not having a checklist in our back pocket saying, yeah, I got that done today. No. It's denying oneself and then being used by you, Father. We just say, here we are. We believe. We don't need to understand. We're just going to walk. We're going to step. Father, we're going to jump off that cliff because you're at the bottom saying, I will catch you, my child. Father, thank you for what you're doing this morning. We love you. We thank you. I pray that you would continue to show us how powerful we are because of how powerful you are. And submit to that every single day. It is in Jesus' name that we pray. And everybody said, amen. You guys are free to go.